Has been a minute which has felt more like a few lifetimes over here <laughs> and I have been so excited to get back to sharing um, both conversations and reflections in this podcast and this episode is so special that I have been so excited to get it edited and shared with the world. I know there is no official timeline on Cheyenne tuning back in to listen to this. However, it felt and feels important for this conversation to exist somewhere. My dear friend Carrie and I shared uh, this, what turned into a very long, very deep, very vulnerable uh, (laughs) time of connection during Infertility Awareness Week. And though my heart initially wanted to share this during that week to uplift both her voice and journey as an offering to everyone that I know that has experienced that. However, life had other plans. Things have been absolutely wild around here. And I am just, um, you know, getting to sharing this with you now. So that makes me even more excited because conversations like this should happen year round, every week every day of the year because it's lived experience every week and every day of the year for so many people. And with that being said, I just quickly wanted to offer that trigger warning that if the conversation of infertility doesn't feel good for your heart and soul right now, take a pause, come back to this episode another time in which it could be medicine. And perhaps right now, this is the exact medicine you would need. But I did want to stop here and share that before we drop in with Carrie and receive all of the incredible wisdom that she had to offer and that I am so grateful to be able to receive all the time with sisterhood like this. Okay, so today is a big day because I have one of the biggest um, cheerleaders and supports and um, pieces of my personal soul team. Um, And now Cheyenne's here for a conversation and Shy is present to celebrate this human too, but we have his auntie C on the call, AKA, my bad boyfriend and soul human, Carrie. Uh, We're so happy you're here, Carrie. Welcome. Hi, guys. Super grateful to be here with y'all today. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to um, anyone that's listening that may not know you and also um, a reintroduction someday to this human who I'm certain is going to know you in many capacities. But if you were introducing yourself to Shy and or uh, everyone in my life for the first time, what would you say about yourself, Carrie? 
Oh man, that's like a pretty heavy question. Um, wow. Awesome. Thanks for like a pretty stellar intro too. I mean, I do have a pretty funny title that you and I have been going by for a few years. Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, you and I have kind of just been like, you know, ride or dies for, for a while now. Um, we met, gosh, in 2014 or 15, like, I, I don't know, time's weird, um, in the trenches together in retail, wild, and kind of just were like, hey, man, like, this is, let's, let's do this thing, and just kind of have each other's back and love each other and support each other through it all. Um, and growing into so many different new, wild, incredible versions of ourselves too. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, it's just for me to see where you are right now and to see shy is just, it. and I'm literally looking at him right now too, while doing this. So I also am immensely distracted, obviously. Um, but it's just incredible just to think about like where we were basically like, you know, I could round up to 10 years ago. That's, it's just wild to me. So I would say, um, yeah, you and I are just like two people that have been best friends for a while. Um, I am, Ooh, who am I? What do I do? That is, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that question recently. What do you do? <laughs> um, I teach yoga. So I'm just going to say that is what I do. Um, no, but I, I teach yoga um, a few times a week. I, I really do enjoy that. I'm getting back into teaching full time um, as it was something I did once upon a time. And um, yeah, just been like finding my way really and have a lot of gratitude for that and um, stepping away from a company that you and I found each other in and also grateful for that ride. But I've uh, yeah, kind of just been floating, like doing a lot of unconventional things and really just like living my life and choosing to celebrate life like every goddamn day I'm given. And a lot of people, it really like upsets a lot of people and makes a lot of people uneasy the way that I like choose to live my life. But um, I'm so okay with that. Like, I just don't really, it, it doesn't bother me anymore. And not to be rude or offensive to anybody else. It's just kind of finally freeing myself from the societal like norms, right? Um, which have been ingrained into me really deeply from when I was a kiddo. Um, and just knowing like, you can make a choice. It might not always be what makes other people feel comfortable, but um, yeah, as long as you feel grounded and you're, you know, following your true path and, and being authentic to yourself and your own soul. And I think trying to do good and be a service to others and keep giving back, like that's, you know, what we're all doing. Um, so it's kind of been it. I've kind of just been like exploring and figuring that out actually for kind of like the past five years, like really deeply. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of it. And that's, I don't want to say that's it too. Like <laughs> there's a lot. I, don't know. I will just reflect that I love how unapologetically you live. And for a lot of people, they might not understand. And even sometimes people don't understand our friendship dynamic, but there is the uh, the gift that is authentic living. And the thing is that that's always going to look different for different people. And so just reflecting back that I'm grateful that Shai has so many different reflections in his life 
to show him different paths, but especially grateful that he's got his auntie C who does live so quote unconventionally the way that you say. And, you know, that segues into kind of why we decided to have this conversation this week, because it is um, infertility awareness week. And that is um, a piece of your unconventional journey, sometimes through some lenses, the biggest piece, and other times through choices that you've made a smaller piece because you are, you know, choosing to enjoy life fully the way that it has unfolded. So would love to hear a little bit of that from you, because I know that you are not the only person in my circle, even though you're the closest to me and the closest front row seat that I have, um, that hasn't had a, a dance with infertility and or a journey that that is the ultimate reality for all of life, right? And so for those that don't know you, to just share a little bit about what led you to um, a child-free journey in which you get to radically just travel the world and have so much fun and sit with all of the deep emotions and uh, challenges that come with that reality too. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. Um, just like beautiful introduction. Yeah, it is definitely a really special week. Um, this is a week that I I sit with and just like kind of reflect on things that I, I didn't always think that like I would. I, when I was little, I, I never really thought twice about not being able to have children. Just, you know, you kind of just think like everything's going to be okay. Everything. Like, we're taught this kind of at a, a younger age, right? Um, and oh gosh, I guess I should just say, I wasn't sure if I just definitely wanted children growing up, but I, I liked the idea of it for sure. I just thought it was, it was what was given to all of us. Like we all had this born right. Like we're born with the right to then choose. We're born with this right this womb, this, this opportunity that if you want to have children and procreate, that you could do that, right? So like as a female, like as a born female. Um, and yeah, so I guess for, for me, a few things kind of changed around um, almost like five years ago at this time. Um, and it's, it, it kind of goes into a little bit of my, my story as well, too. I won't try to like stay in there for too long, but, um, what led me to be infertile is I was diagnosed with leukemia when I was 29 and, um, when into remission from that, it was a lot of chemotherapy, a lot of full body radiation, and then eventually a bone marrow transplant. And what happens to people that are AYA, so young adults and adolescents with cancers, their, their lives kind of get disrupted, right? And in like a ton of ways, relationships, family, friends, work, uh, financial, fertility, uh, a lot of depression, anxiety, mental disorder, like tons of stuff because their, their life is disjointed. They're, they're kind of thrown off. They don't really know how to like come back into it. And then there's like a whole bunch of years of like side effects too, 
you know, from even treatments and things like that, like ripple effects. So super grateful. Love my medical team. People know I'm a pretty big ride or die, like still volunteer every single month on an oncology board. And I'm currently, I've been in, um, patient to patient navigator. So I work with a lot of people that are going through this as well too. Right now I'm working with my first male patient, um, but I've worked with a few other females and helped them go through the infertility process. And it's, it's a lot, you know, it, it really, really is. But um, anyways, so what happened for me is um, finding out just like, Hey, actually, you know, you might not be able to ever have children. Um, and at the point in time where this information became present, um, I was in a, a, like a very, very serious relationship. I had been with my partner for some, quite some time. Um, and, you know, we planned to get married, we, the, the whole nine. And um, in order to make the best decision for us at that time, it was asked, you know, are you guys going to get married or are you not? And when making these types of decisions for the best survival rate, um, embryos have a higher survival rate than, um, eggs being fertilized on their own. Just if anyone's going through that process. Um, and so the doctors were saying, you know, your body's really, really banged up. We're going to try to do this, but at this point in time, we'll really see. And it's kind of crazy, um, at that time, because my partner really did not want to have children. It, we also did have like a kind of like wild, wild lifetime relationship. It's the whole thing. It was very, that was also actually, that was unconventional, but fabulous. So damn fabulous. But, um, yeah. So I also was like, yeah, that's chill. Like I, I can also just have this really big life traveling. We can just be traveling the world, no kids, no worries. Um, but strangely, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, I actually would kind of like to have maybe the opportunity if we decide to change our minds and cross that bridge at some point in time, if we ever get to that bridge and want to cross it. Um, so we went through the process and whoa, that was pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, the hormones, the whole retrieval, everything. It really actually like banged, like mentally banged me up, everything. My body was already so toasted at this point. It's like, you could have done anything to my body. And I would've been like, yeah, we got this. No worries. I'm gonna still like go run a mile. Like, um, so unfortunately this was pretty sad. Like I didn't really realize it then, but now sitting with it and really grieving it, um, just cause there's so much happening then. It's just like, I couldn't really, I, I mean, I had horrible chemo brain and stuff like that. So I couldn't really process everything that was happening, but you know, the doctors came back to me and they're like, yeah, like we could only get like one egg from you. And just to be clear, like that is a very low number. Like the fact that just one is, you know, like pretty, 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 pretty depressing. Um, and at the same time, when they came back, I remember just looking at my partner and being like, that's awesome. We have one. And that's all there needed to be was just one. We just needed one. Um, and so, and, and they were great too. When we were asked the question, you know, like, are you guys going to get married? All this stuff. They're like, yeah, we are like, we're going to do the embryos. No worries. Totally supportive. So we, um, we went through that process and it's still frozen like to this day, my little guy. I, um, 
I guess I could get it tested to find out if it's a boy or a girl. I didn't know that you could do this, but um, I don't want to unfreeze it and look into it. It is created with, I will say, to further explain our, my complicated situation, it is now with my ex. So we did actually separate um, when I just got into remission from cancer. And th that's definitely hard as well, too, is going into you know, remission and not really coming back into a big world, but then also like not processing things until many years later. And it was really also when all my friends were having kids and me be like, wait, wait, what? Like it was a full, it was like a full stop pause. Like, and it's not that, um, I was not, so, I was so lit and so excited for like quite literally everyone, you know, is everyone was getting married or getting pregnant. It was one after another for me. I mean, honestly, Oh man, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, all these years, I just have been kind of devoted to kids and my friends and family with, you know, weddings and kiddos and all that stuff. So, and it's incredible. Like I love, love, I love seeing everyone continue to grow their families in whatever ways they want to, like whatever ways they want to. Um, and sometimes it's really hard. And I didn't know it was going to be so hard. I also didn't know it was going to be so hard um, with the fact that entering into a new partnership um, and trying to explain like, I can't also have kids for a lot of people, that's not attractive. They don't want to be with somebody that can't have kids, right? So that actually puts me at a, like, a large disadvantage for a lot of people. So entering back into a, into a seed and being like, oh shit, I'm kind of like chopped liver. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm like totally banged up. I'm just trying to play catch up and re-enter. And I, like, I still want to do the things. I mean, I have one or like you can adopt, you can do whatever or, you know, tons of other avenues. Um, and I'm still trying to like figure that out. I'm still trying to figure that out. In, in the meantime, I have um, finally, it took me quite some time, but to feel comfortable, like taking my life back and being like alive again. So as we kind of have hit on like this unconventional life of being child-free as well too, and, um, going and traveling and doing and being like, yeah, I, I need to kind of just take my life back in, in ways that I feel like I lost it. Um, from being sick or from, you know, everybody lost a lot of time with the pandemic or also for me, it was just a lot of rippling side effects of having really, really horrible anxiety and depression um, and not feeling comfortable being out or reintegrating with my friends or knowing how to be with families or kids or things like that. And, um, and still trying to like do every single thing. And, and I wanted to, right? Like I really wanted to as well too. And just not knowing like when I needed to create more boundaries for myself as well too. So I could be a part as much as I could be and show up for people the way that they need me to. And not also burn myself out or just get 
you know, super sad for like a week and be like, oh man, I need to like do nothing, stay in the dark. Like I'm, you know, depressed. I can't believe I can't have a family or whatever it is. Like those things really do happen. Um, it, it really does. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's interesting. I, um, I go through kind of like stages of it too. And it definitely depends on like who, who it's happening with at the time, the closer I'm with somebody, like the more involved I am, like with the, like you are definitely a very unique situation, my love. Um, and shy is very unique too. Like, obviously when you told me that you're pregnant, I was like, oh my God, wait, what? I like, I remember exactly where we were. We were going for a walk in fells on the water every it was a lovely day out like I remember everything and I kind of just paused I was like are you shy I'm so sorry I was like are you fucking with me (laughs) I just I was like what I was like what and then I just like stopped and I just smiled at you so much I just squeezed you and you had just come back from a trip and which I feel like is in everyone else's storyline as well too but yeah it was just like kind of this whirlwind experience. And I'd also know for some time, you know, that you had wanted to start this really, you know, big epic journey of opening up a space, like a retreat center. Um, Cause we had been talking about that for years, like, and your dream and your vision and things like that. And like, it was finally like all aligning, you know, it was like, it was like kind of this thing that I was like, shit, like the stars are finally here. Like you gotta go. Like there was no more time. And it's something beautiful that you and I also kind of live with. It's like, or, you know, also follow as much. It's like, this is the time. This is all we have is now. We just got to go and do it and live super hard and and give it a go. Because otherwise we're just, we're not doing it. We're not living. We're not living. And I always loved and admired that about you. And it's also helped me so much, like so much and gotten me into back to that space. Um. Anyways, so yeah, that was wild. And you were like, I don't, we were going back and forth about all the things that are going to be happening at once. And yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, that was, that was pretty epic. Um, a pretty epic day for sure in my life. Um, finding out about Shy, and then just feeling whatever you need, whatever you need, like you got it. We'll get through this. It's going to be beautiful, messy, incredible, scary, like fabulous, who even knows what else it is, but it's going to be everything. It's just going to be everything for me. I, I, it was also hard because, um, in, in one way, this is going to sound super selfish, but you were also like my counterpart in thinking just like her and I just aren't going to have kids together like ever. Like she has also in some ways just grieved mother. It was the thing that you wanted the most in life. And you have been such a voice. You are still such a voice, always such a voice. But, you know, you had given so many talks about this and and motherhood is all you wanted in life. So I just kind of thought that you and I were, I were not going to have kids together. And I was like, that's great. Like, sweet. Um, And then like for me to obviously have my friends like wildest dream come true, then it was like, okay, this is great. But I kind of had to swallow this pill of like, it's just going to be you, but it's okay. We, we have the just one. We like the just one with tons of things. 
So all good things. Um, and then, you know, off, off you went, like, it, it's kind of weird. I feel like I, I didn't see you as much as I wish I had during, um, that time frame. uh, while you're pregnant, I mean, traveled up and back a few times to the house, but I feel like the most important part of this is, um, Cheyenne's birth as well too. Um, and pause you for a moment. Cause you've just like shared so many great nuggets and oh. I want like, before we get to the birth, because big, big day for all of us, right? Like huge life-changing experience for all of us. Um, but a, I just want to like bow to you, honor you so much for being such a big part of Shy's life and my journey, despite, and also like alongside all of the emotions and things that you have been asked to process in your own journey. And you know that I'm always like so grateful and reverent for um, that part of you. But I, I want to ask you this question of like, because again, you're not the only one. Um, and I also want to honor that Shai is currently playing with an aluminum can, which is probably really good for the acoustics of this podcast, but he always wants to make sure he's making music all the time, which is perfect because you are his music auntie, which we will talk more about. Um, so he's over here making music uh, because he loves it so much. And that comes largely from you. Um, but what not even necessarily advice because it'll be different for everyone but from your vantage point um like how do you practice self-care and um that boundary setting when you are a friend who cannot conceive for whatever reason or has chosen not to but for you right it's this unique uh experience of you cannot conceive in this moment yourself, even though we've got that one. And you already know that if you ever want to have it, that I will happily carry your child. And, you know, like we've, we've had that conversation. Um, and now that I've actually had a baby myself, I can actually do that. But um, surrogacy aside, how do you celebrate a friend, show up for a friend? And you've done it for so many when you cannot conceive yourself. Thank you. Um, yeah, wow. That is a great question. Um, I just realized also, I don't know if I fully explained this. I'm just in menopause just very early. So, um, sorry, that's, that's what actually happened. I'm just in menopause, um, and not coming out, which is interesting, but yeah, you know, it's actually been a really interesting learning curve. I, I didn't know because um, I didn't really have any boundaries at first. Um, I didn't think that I needed them, honestly. Um, I thought like I would not really be affected at all. I thought it, like everything would always just like actually be okay. Um, you know, I have, I also have like three nephews. So like for me, like one after another, like being around kids and things like that. Um, and they're all born after, um, yeah, I was, I was sick as well too. So like, I, I didn't understand that I needed 
to give myself time and space to integrate after hanging out for a while. And I thought that I would kind of just be okay. Like, you know, it was me spinning another plate or showing up for just like a casual play date or things like that. And with certain kids, it has become that. Um, But a lot of times I actually have to go back home and go, oh, wow, that's a lot. Like I actually have overstimulation around kids. Um, And I don't know if that's also because I didn't have a whole lot of exposure to children um, growing up or things like that, or until, you know, um, my late twenties, early thirties, basically really early thirties, excuse me. Um, but yeah, just having those boundaries for myself and realizing like, it's okay. Like that is not a part of your life. And if you can only give X or show up at these times, or like, you might not be able to be somebody who can babysit or, are the right fit or things like that, that's okay too. Like you can show up really big in all these other avenues that feel good for them. And it might be hard for them to understand too. And sometimes it might be like a conversation that needs to be had. Like you and I've had like a lot of like real conversations. I'm always like grateful for that. Whereas um, not everyone has actually even asked me like, Hey, is this ever, is this ever hard for you? Is this is this a lot? Are you okay? Or things like that. Not that I, you know, need the, they're also, you know, new parent mode, the, like the whole, you know, they're, they're really just trying to make sure they're okay. And the kid's okay at all times. They're trying to survive, man. Like I just, and again, my hat is off to every single, I like bow down to every single mom and dad, like for real, like my favorite humans are all mamas and dadas. Like, you know, it's incredible. Um, for real, for real, like it blows my mind. Um, I, I don't know how you guys do it. Cause I get tired after just like an hour or two, like I'm being serious. Um, so yeah, I just, I think for me, it was learning that I need, need time, time to myself to integrate afterwards and also know like that was really beautiful. And that's really incredible. And that's a lot of fun. And then realizing like, that's it for you. Like, and that's okay too. And that's still also hard every single time. It's still difficult every single time, whether it's me going and entering a family's home and seeing, you know, my friends that are married to like be able to have these kids and things like that. And just realize like, it's actually just not going to happen for you in this lifetime. And there's probably something else that's going to be happening for you. That's still epic. And if not more incredible, more in alignment with who you are and you just have to see what it is. You know, like we're, we're just on this ride and, and I really have so much gratitude for every single thing that's been um been uncovered for me so far so it's just like like I'm just getting started there's something on the other side I don't know what it is yet um so yeah I think that I think it's also been helpful connecting with a few of my other friends who um can't have kids uh I have yeah I created a little network um 
of people, honestly, it's a bunch of my cancer friends, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, they, they can't, um, have kids and, um, yeah, honestly, we kind of just have space and hold it for each other, joke around about certain things. And then also just support each other, like when we need to, and also are like, yeah, man, like just go live large, go do the things and like without guilt and what's going to bring you happiness create a family of what a family looks like for you because every family looks different and I also love that all my friends that have kids too all their families look different and I love that so much um for me I think the the kids in my life that are the closest for me is I think shy for sure because you're the closest to me I mean you've been my emergency contact forever um and then I guess my nephews, just because like they're, you know, my blood and yeah, they're, they're incredible. They really, really are. Um, I love them a lot, but it, it has been hard, has been hard, but it's, yeah. <laughs> what you were just like <laughs> about to do is the epitome of, I feel like the experience we've had in this journey is it's like. It's so hard and it's so exciting and it's so hard. And we have to live with the contradiction of both of those things existing because, right, you have every right to set the boundaries and opt out of these close relationships that could trigger you. And I would like understand that too. I've always understood when you have had to set lines and said like, my mental health can't go there right now. And at the same time, you have chosen to live fully, which means stepping into and really wanting to, um, you know, have these relationships with the kiddos in your life and all of the mama friends in your life and the people that don't have the same lived experience as you, as well as finding those pockets of resonance with other people who experience infertility, and whether there are people who are living that as um, a current reality and may someday conceive or the people, especially like you said, you're like AYA in your cancer community who has that same reality that you're not going to carry a child in this lifetime. So what is like, how can you be so loving with yourself in that moment and experience? Because that is a challenging journey while also loving on, celebrating, and supporting the people who have conceived and had children in this lifetime, which you have also, you know, mentioned is an impossible journey. Like they're both impossible journeys, like not having kids can feel impossible for, for some hearts and having kids can feel impossible for some hearts. And you almost always get the opposite journey of the thing that would be like the most easeful or the path of least resistance for you, because there are lessons and medicine in each of our gifts and our challenges in the things that we're most grateful for. And in the things that have brought the most grief for us. And you and I have both um, really owned the fact that most of those things are two sides of the same coin, right? We can be in serious celebration and reverence for how profoundly incredible this life is. And we can be 
really heartbroken about the paths that we're never going to live. And those are both valid, necessary experiences. And we all have our own versions of that. But part of, you know, why I someday want Shy to be able to listen to this version of you, because he's probably just going to mostly know really fun Auntie C, uh, who took him to his first fish concert, and this year probably his second, and probably like oh, so many firsts um, with things that um, you and I have done in our lives, but I'm going to be like, don't tell me that you're doing that with him. Just don't tell me, but like, do it, but like, don't tell me, <laughs> like, you, but he'll have that relationship. And I also want him to hear this side of your humanity when, you know, he grows up enough to be able to understand where it's like infertility and to know that his community and especially who he was surrounded by at birth was by all of these people with very different lived experiences, very different vantage points, different baggage, different joy, all of that. And that is something that I, again, bow to you so deeply because I do know, and I did know in theory that there was a timeline when I told you that I was pregnant and that life was going to take this route, that our relationship was going to shift and it has, and we have both stayed really committed to being um, honest with each other about our capacities and tried to still show up for each other in all of the ways that we can, you know, sometimes getting to hold space for and support you. Um, it feels almost like a vacation from the mundane reality of mothering. And sometimes I'm like, literally like (laughs) I'm, I'm scraping poo out of a diaper. Like I got to call you back. Um, and, again, there's those, there's all of these parts of the spectrum of reality. And I love that our relationship falls in a unique version of that. And also that your story, your journey is such a unique um, vantage point of humanity and of reality. And that you, again, choose every day this showing up and being alive, which means facing the hardest pain of your life. Because right, if you just numbed out and and avoided these situations, it might be in some ways quotations easier because you might not feel as much, but you really feel it all. And that reflection of taking the time to integrate after those feelings come up is so necessary. We can use it to describe any part of our lives, but especially for people who have a journey of infertility, it's so important to be validated and here. like you can celebrate and you can take the space afterwards and freaking ball your eyes out and feel all of the things that are coming up for you. And that doesn't invalidate the celebration and it doesn't invalidate your unique experience in that. Yeah, absolutely. I love um, how eloquently you put everything, you know, duality, like in life, right? Is it's just like, it's this, it's that it's together and it's, it's everything and it's nothing. So uh, it it just really explains, honestly, as you said, like, it's this and it's that. So it, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful in, in every single way. Um, 
so yeah, it's just, it's wild that for me, it kind of took until this last year. And I don't know if it was, maybe it was you and, you know, this kid being so special or me caring so much about a specific person that was being bored or you finally being pregnant, or maybe it was also the fact that like, it really took me this long to enter into grief, grieving, like my womb, grieving, like this thing that I thought that we all had is not actually that or grieving like, oh, I could potentially take hormones or do this or that or another. No, it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're cashed out. Like this is not coming back. And, and also really working with more people for my own mental health, like working and seeing somebody every single week talking about this as well too, really helped and shift shifted and, and helped me a lot this year. So I think it, it just, maybe it was me also having a late delay. And again, maybe it was also the fact that this past year, I, I finally had a lot of like ripple, like side effects from a lot of treatments and stuff I had happened before were all coming up this past year. So maybe I was also really emotional about that. But um, yeah, it felt like I really needed a year of just grieving um, my fertility. And I didn't really, like, I kind of was just grieving one thing after another, like grieving my cancer, grieving a relationship, like grieving my life that I knew I had, or what I thought life was, or grieving, like, you know, what other thing, or trying to survive the pandemic with everyone too, you know, like tons of things and not just really knowing and being like, oh, I didn't expect to grieve this one. Like, you know, I never really found myself feminine. I didn't really like land with a lot of this stuff. Like, yeah. And I was like, damn, this hit me like a ton of bricks. And that was hard. Um, but I feel like good now. I feel really good. I feel really grateful. And yeah, so it feels soft. Everything feels more soft and gentle now. Whereas before I was definitely like, you know, bull in a china shop. Let me just wreck everything in here and take all of you with me. And you've seen me do that. And I've been like in your china shop wrecking all your shit too. (laughs) (laughs) You're a really cute bull though. And yeah, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm like wreck it Ralph. I'm like in there tearing things up. I'm just kidding. That's my nephew's nickname, but it's, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been interesting. Like I'm also human too. And I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's, it, it finally feels good and soft. Like I finally needed, I think I just needed to like finally grieve a lot of stuff that I didn't before and give myself enough time just to, to sit with it and be like, okay, shit. Even just, you know, and I'm assuming here, but being able to have a to be able to have like the conversations that we've had around this, not this one, but this, this one is a very grounded conversation on the other side of many conversations that were full of emotions from both of us. And, you know, the gift of being able to be seen and heard by someone who doesn't have the same lived experience as you. And just to hear someone say like, even though I can't, I can't be in your shoes. I am validating, witnessing, seeing you in that way. And you are so worthy of 
all the emotions you're feeling, which includes the, the chapters that like that mostly exist, like, right. For me, my experience was not in infertility, but was in pregnancy loss by way of releasing a pregnancy in my late teens. And so talk about, you know, bull in a China shop. I had those years of deep inflammation around pregnancy and childbirth with people and the inability to sit with and really soften into the healing that needed to happen for me to someday be able to conceive in what was a very healthy way for me emotionally, even though lots of stuff still came up, right? Because healthy emotionally doesn't mean things aren't going to come up. But though that that chapter and those chapters of self-preservation where you have to just not surround yourself with the experience, not face it and not grieve it fully because you are not yet in a safe enough place and in a container in which you can actually do the softening, do the grieving, do the surrender into a pain that is so all-encompassing that you don't know if there's survival on the other side of it, right? There's just what feels like an, an endless hole of sadness, grief, and loss. And I'm grateful. I can only speak for myself. For me, right, there was, it, it felt endless until I realized it wasn't. And the endless feeling was in all of the, the time spent not actually processing, speaking it out, because I was afraid that if I spoke it out, that I would be judged. I was afraid if I spoke it out, that it would get worse, but it get, it got better. Right. And I'm really grateful that, you know, part of shy coming here included a chance for us to have those conversations and create the container where you could be witnessed and also get this front row seat, like really like it be in the experiential journey of pregnancy and childbirth, right? Like you were there, uh, you. <sighs> Just taking a quick pause and a deep breath to remind you that when I am not having amazing deep conversations like this with my soul family. I help steward a beautiful land in Northwest New Jersey called the Harmony Mountain House. If you have not yet checked us out, um, we love being a space for conversations like this, healing opportunities for humans wherever they are in their life path and I don't know. I kind of think you should check us out either on Instagram at the Harmony Mountain House or www.theharmonymountainhouse.com. We had known that you were maybe going to be present for Shai's birth and, right, he surprised us all by, um, you know, showing up at the tail end of my birthday. And I love how you fit into the story of his birth because A, you were the curator, creator, and like advocate to a point of 
you know, argument with some people of like, Eliza needs to be celebrated. She needs to have a party. Like we're going to do this. And you did throw a party of epic proportions, which did get sidelined for Cheyenne's birth because we had not been planning that. Um, and yeah, so I want to hear your uh, version of that. We do have the birth story, which is yet to be released, but that we recorded a long time ago. Um, but I feel like you have so much uh, of your own vantage point from this that is both entertaining and also just like, it's a moment in time that I will always hold with such a glow and with such love and reverence um, because it was pure Carrie, like pure Carrie. Someday, you know, when I'm like explaining Auntie C to Shy in, in one event, it is, it will be like the day that she plans the party and that you were born epic. So anyway, tell us all about it. Tell us everything. Okay. <laughs> my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that too. Um, that was a really fun day. Uh, I guess a pre-frame I should share is on our birthdays every year, we just go to a restaurant that we really love together. It's called Golden West. And that had just been like kind of a tradition, like every year. Right. And I was like, I'll be damned if this chick does not get Golden West on her birthday, like for real. Um, and also I was like, uh, I'm going to be there. Like, I'm going to come up and you're like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like we have like some other people and some stuff. I was like, no, 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 it's cool. I'll be there. So like, it was kind of like a non-negotiable for me. I was like, Meh. okay. So I start like planning this, like in my own mind, like, okay. All right. Theme. Okay. Obviously this is like a super like groovy, wavy, like party. Rihanna incorporate all of her favorite things, starting obviously with like fabulous food. So like going and getting, and there's now like five people going to be at this dinner or starts with a dinner, but like going to Golden West and getting, you know, the appetizers, the, the mains, one of every dessert, obviously. And then an additional, a cake for your actual birthday, which we'll circle back to, which is pretty funny in a kind of sick, twisted way, not intentionally, but like it just happened that way. Um, and yeah, so I was just like, let's just make this like disco balls and fabulous things and big sunglass, big like Elton John sunglasses and just like things that like I love and you love and just like, you know, everything like we've done daybreaker for your birthday before. So I was like, shit, we got to have a dance party, man. Like we gotta have a dance party. And also like Eliza slays at karaoke. And I don't think that everybody here actually knows that, but it's like, honestly, a, like a scout, like you are, you can get up there and sing or rap or make up a song, honestly, just on a dime. And I was like, these people don't even know. So I was like, all right, got to get a mic too. Cause we're doing karaoke. Also important part of this. So again, I'm like, she just needs to be celebrated. She needs to have this like big epic thing. In the back of my mind, I am like, I'm going to put this bitch in labor. But also I didn't really think that would happen, but like it would have been cool. So I pack up all my stuff. I'm getting everything together for like a few weeks. Um, and yeah, like driving up and 
first I should probably say is like, I'm terrified of driving a vehicle. It's really, really hard for me. Um, it's actually one of the reasons that I don't get up there on a more regular basis is I don't drive. I just walk, bike, see, would rather take a plane, it, just anything, not drive a car, anything, but drive a car basically. Um, drive up there profusely sweating the entire time, but singing karaoke, prepping myself up. Like I'm amped when I get there. Um, or just singing really loudly in my car. And then I arrive and um, it's so great because you already have some friends there. I had not met them yet, but like they were incredible. Um, and they were visiting with their little one too. Like so little, so darn cute. I was just like, what? Um, and I kind of just came in and was like, guys, let's do this. Like, let's go. And they were like, what? Like, everything's been really chill. I was like, no, we're, and I like had a schedule too. Like I'm, this is my like type A control schedule situation, which I'm not typically, but when it comes to like a party or something. Virgo, you are, this is the part of you that is so Virgo. And I know that you're always like, I'm not anymore because I've been reborn as a Leo, but like. <laughs> but like I get shamed for being a Virgo all the time. So I'm owning up that this is part of my Virgo-ness, but I'm actually don't, yeah, just we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, otherwise it's not really that, I'm really flighty, man. Whatever. It's fine. Um, all right. So I do kind of have like a, like a schedule on like, we're going to have this fabulous dinner the next day. Again, like I just imagined like, and when I throw a party, like I love throwing a party. Like I go, I feel like I go big or like things like that are creating an experience for somebody. And you know how to do this too. It's like, you know how to curate an experience for somebody. And I was like, I'll be damned if this chick doesn't have an experience created for her. So we have a, a lovely dinner. Um, we have Golden West, all of our favorite things. Um, great drummies our great noodle salad, great desserts, every single dessert that they have there. Fabulous. Um, and then we just like kind of chill. Like we watch a movie. It was great. Like snug time, cuddle time. Um, and then we all like go our separate ways and go, go to bed. We wake up in the morning or I wake up really early in the morning and I try to like decorate the whole house. Um, and I'm putting up like disco ball lights stringing them all in like every different room I've got like so much tinsel and so many disco ball balloons hanging down from the ceilings like literally everywhere and I'm like oh my god this is so bad for the environment they're gonna hate me but also I needed to have all these disco balls I'm sorry uh, <laughs> um yeah I'm like putting out like you know big fabulous sunglasses funky sunglasses I was like, we got to start recording things. You, you said you wanted pictures taken. So I like brought up this little like mini Polaroid camera and um, yeah, just like kind of like decorated things like all around in general. And then had also planned like that day, like our itinerary, I guess. <laughs> oh my, oh my gosh. I'm not really like this shy I promise. Like on the regular, I'm actually not this together at all. But yeah, I had gotten other things like um, for us to do like a tie-dyeing activity. Like I really love tie-dye, everyone loves tie-dye. So I was pretty stoked because I had also gotten like you and Beamer matching tie-dye tees and outfits and bandanas. 
So I was like, okay, sick. Like we'll do a tie dyeing station too. And like, they can both get their own little like tie dye together here that like we make for them. Um, and I love that you also wear a lot of your tie dye stuff from me on a regular basis. We're about it. And then, um, yeah, there's like a whole beating situation and then, um, lanterns to send up in the evening to make wishes. So not all those happen though. And also the karaoke kind of happened, but not, we didn't get to all those things. So I'll yeah, we say, had- I'll pause you because, uh, what did happen was I was exhausted because unknowingly I was in labor. So I went upstairs to take a nap. Right. And I opened my eyes, what feels like after like five minutes and standing in my doorway, just watching <laughs> me sleep. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, is everything okay? And you're like, well, we have a lot of things to do still today. And so we've got a schedule because I've got like a charcuterie board and I want to go on like a hike somewhere and maybe do like a picnic sort of thing. And then we've got dinner and we've got, um, you know, ecstatic dance and karaoke. So like, you want to get up? (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Wait, yes. These are all facts. It's actually sounds really insane. I mean, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you didn't I, know I was in labor and neither did I, you know, like you were just like, okay, we're going like, to make this an awesome day. And is- thank goodness I got that little nap, but also like, it's just Wait. so funny because that was the last time I slept until like 48 hours later. Yeah, no, for real. And of course I would be the one that's like, Hey, um, breathing into like your ear. Hi, <laughs> do you want to do these things? Let's go. Like per usual, I'm always doing multiple things or on the go. Um, and we yeah. did, right? We went outside. I said, okay, I think I can do a little walk. And I gave you two options. I yeah. said, cause I did want to do um, a picnic and make like a really big charcuterie board and um, all that stuff. I was like, we can do a hike and a picnic or again, because I had like behind door number one, behind door number two or behind door number three, which one do you wanna do? Um, The other one was like, or do you wanna go sit down and tie dye outside in the yard? And you're like, I think it would be good for me to take a walk. Like, I think we should do like a little hike. And I was like, wow, I did not expect that choice. And I love that too. Um, so I was like, all right, we'll take a hike. We'll come back and then I'll make this yummy meal for all of us. And yeah, not knowing that we were going to put on some fun shades and go cruise around on the property and in the woods. And then actually we went for a really long walk, like attempting to go down to your mailbox, which is pretty funny, but it's really far. Like it's actually not what anyone would expect. I didn't even expect this. And then it was like, you know, you kind of just started being like, Ooh, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling something. I think I need to turn back. And like, you're like, are you sure? And like, you kept chugging, you kept going at it. You're like, Oh, I can do, I can do anything. And then you're like, actually, no, I, I really do need to head back. So everyone kept going. You and I walked back 
um, even though you're still like, ooh, something's happening here. You're still stopping along the road and picking up trash everywhere in, in areas that are not even easy. And I'm like, what? You're like, oh, it's fine. I, I must pick this up before we go back. Like no matter what, like even though like I might be experiencing like labor pains or I'm not sure what's happening here, I need to pick up this trash. I was like, okay, great. Like, let's do it. Let's add more time on before you sitting down and taking a rest. Like you would, that is like actually who you are. Um, just like a funny like tidbit there. <laughs> but we finally get back to the house. Um, you go and sit down um on the couch you get cozy and yeah beams with us beams been like wearing this like epic tie-dye shirt like all day too like i just have to say like tie-dye was still like a groovy like beam was like still interwoven throughout the day and i go up and make like this pretty big like charcuterie board and i feel like i've like all right i brought our favorite cheeses all of our favorite cheeses our favorite our snacks i do have to admit that like i thought i really killed it with a vegan board but plot twist is like one of the things i put on there was not vegan but and it happened more than once but like it's okay we're okay with that now um yeah so everybody else came back and joined us and that was great and i was like i really also want to make like mocktails and i had gotten you this kind of like uh it's like a rainbow colored disco ball to drink out of and I was like yes she just also needs to have a fabulous drink on her birthday like I want everybody to just have like a really fabulous drink on their birthday and so um mocktails were made that was great um they were awesome by the way they just they were and yeah then we were all just kind of like laughing around I think Bridgerton was put on um or yeah, I think it might've been Bridgerton. And like, we were also just joking. And that was what we, you and I stayed up watching together the night before too. And we were like, oh man, everyone also knew what was happening and we didn't know. So it was great. Um, and then you start being like, wait, I think, I think my water's, I think my water's breaking. Like what? Like what? And then this is so funny is you grab one of the little bowls like from the the board, the charcuterie board, and you're like, hold on. Yep, it's here. Yep. I was like, oh my gosh. And we're all like freaking out in the best way possible. Like, this is epic. Like, uh, couldn't believe it. And it was so funny too, because I remember you were on a phone call with your sister. Like you were like, I gotta call her like immediately. And I just was like just documenting like literally everything I then moved into like a documentary like mode actually um not knowing that I would stay in that for multiple things <laughs> throughout the next you know 24 hours but um yeah that was it was it was great it was beautiful and I remember you calling your parents and then being like okay we got this we'll, we'll hit the road and like things like that and and just calling everybody in and I I, I had known beforehand that I would be a part of your pregnancy because we had talked about it too. And you had been really, you know, adamant about and supportive too of like, hey, do you like want to experience, like, do you want to experience what pregnancy is like? Like you can experience pregnancy. And 
I was like, yeah, like I actually would like to experience it. I think it's a beautiful thing that the body goes through. It's, it's just, it's a miracle. It's, you know, it's so radical what our bodies do and things like that. That would be incredible. And you were just like, didn't think twice about it. You were just like, I want you to be there when he's being born. Like no questions asked. And so for me, I was like, wow, I'm actually here. It's going to happen. And I'm going to witness this. And my best friend's going to have a kid. And what? And what? And like, they're going to have two birthdays together? Is it the same birthday? Do they have the same birthday? Like, is this happening? Are we just throwing the most epic party like today? You know, I was just like, damn, this is like the best thing I could have ever imagined. Like not knowing that any of these things were going to happen. It was just like, and the funny thing is, I don't think people knew this too, is what your, um, your delivery date was. It's because people don't usually, I think, land or honor just around their delivery date, but you were supposed to deliver just here, like just on your birthday. And yeah, it was- His quote due date was April 4th, which is my birthday. And oh my so that's why I was like, not even paying attention to it because- like mm. so few people actually hit the target of yeah. like going into labor or giving yeah. birth on their birthday that it felt inconsequential to me. And yeah, I was just as surprised that it had turned out that you had thrown me a labor party more than a birthday party, a birthing day party. You really like did a really awesome mix of, of all of them, but it was quite the surprise to me when things shifted and um, the so things obviously became like all about bringing Cheyenne Earthside and one of the things that I loved about how you played a part in that was that you still kept being like, okay, but like how much of the schedule can still happen? So like, you know, how in labor are you? <laughs> like, do we, are we still going to do karaoke? Like, are we? <laughs> and at one point I was walking the stairs um, and Lauren was having me do that to progress the labor and we were singing Grease and you came in and you were like, yes, yes, we're still doing karaoke. We're still doing it. And we were all dancing and singing together. And it, it was perfect. I mean, it was everything that I could have wanted in a day leading up to labor. And it was everything that, you know, my labor, it was like my wildest dreams or better than. Uh, and Obviously, there were many emotions and feelings that came up for you for this like party that you were planning to be commandeered into a birthing party. And so the first thing that you clearly felt the need to do was change the party from mocktails to ch champagne. So yeah, you, and, you know, Madeline arrived not that much later. And oh my God, that was epic. Oh my God. When she came, I was, and like, I didn't really know Mads like then. And so when I met her, I was like, oh my God, why have you not been in my life like longer? Like it was just wild. Um, also, y'all like, party hard. Yeah. Also, like, um, one of the reasons I was so adamant on keeping on a schedule is 
there were a lot of things, but also like in the past, like things weren't kept regulated on schedule that like needed to be. And I was like, I'm actually going to do this. I'm not going to fuck this up. So like, I was a big stand for that, but there was also reasons why that was. And I was like, I'm not going to let other people like just be aloof, like let things just float off. I was like, I got to keep this ship on straight. Cause I've been a part of other things. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm being a, like a stand for this. And I was like, I also knew I had called in somebody that was going to be doing a massage for you. So I like knew certain things were coming at certain times, but I also couldn't tell you, but also like, yeah, I still was like, how pregnant are you? Cause I wanted to know if you could still get the massage. I actually said that to someone in labor. Like I said that to someone that is psychotic. <laughs> it's psychotic, but it is also but also like I it brought a, a lightness and a funness to a very serious time, right? Labor is the most painful thing that I personally ever physically gone through. So yeah. there were a lot of comedic breaks because of the way that you were showing up as cool Auntie C already and like really um you know in sometimes when you are the the child-free person right it can uh it can feel like you're the odd one out but I really felt like you created such a party and such a lightness to the experience like your child-free essence brought a really necessary part of my labor and my experience because you were less focused on all of the logistics and like the pragmatic stuff and you were really more focused on um like the celebration and again that is such a big piece of the story of our journey and our friendship is like we celebrate big and we grieve big and both of those are important parts of life because we've both been through some stuff and so to be able to be there for each other is um is really crucial and <laughs> so you know before midnight you insisted on bringing out the birthday cake because we had not oh. had the cake. Oh yeah. That was incredible. Well, okay. Beforehand, I have to say one of my favorite things doing, and it's still at your house right now. And I love it so much is, um, just to explain, like there's this beautiful starburst that goes from your living room out of, of lights, a string of lights that you guys created. And it's just so beautiful. It's just, again, it, it's peaceful, it's soft, and something incredible that the community created for you was, you know, these labor like love notes. And we went around um, and posted them all up there so they could be above you while you were giving birth. And this was incredible. And yeah, it was like a, it was like a vibe. There was a lot of fun, a lot of energy, like it felt light and soft. And like, you were also just like, cruising around man like you were still like doing all the things like I don't know it didn't actually seem like you might have been like I don't I don't know how you were doing it that's just what I'm gonna say is like I don't know how you were doing it you know you're walking around you're going up and down the stairs you're chilling on a ball uh like bouncing around and again this is my only first experience one and only experience in a labor situation 
But I was like, yeah, again, like how pregnant is she? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, okay. We got to have her make a wish. It's her birthday. And I kept saying like, this might be your last birthday. Like that is just you. Like we didn't know if it was going to be you and Shai's birthday from then on out, you know? And then I was like, okay, also this is going to be like your last birthday before, like your last solo birthday, your last solo birthday. So I get this cake. It's a beautiful cake from um, Golden West. So I get this and like, they've like been writing on there too, like notes to you and stuff like that. They made everything like really special and cute. I'm like super grateful for them. They've always been so great at Golden West for us. And I, they put candles in there. And then I also had gotten like candles off Amazon or like whatever. And, um, they were like pretty tall. Cause it was like a bit, it was like a big cake, big chocolate cake. And, um, just like put them all around. And, um, somebody else was like, Hey, you should put this flower in and use this flower. And when it goes, it'll open up. And I was like, no, nah, man, the flower is not the vibe. Like, this is the vibe like very clear that like that was not the vibe or part of my vision like it had to be these candles or it had to be nothing and put all the candles on there I, I think like there's like 34 candles on there I put a, like I think there was 34 it was a lot of candles um maybe not okay anyway light them up and everyone's downstairs and we're all singing and I'm yeah I come over to you, you're on the ball. And um, basically I'm like, hey, I love you. Make a wish, a really good wish. And you start to like go to blow out the candles. Like you like really think about it. You like pause. Okay. And then you make your wish. And we all start to like applaud. We're all like, yes. And then we're like, wait, what's happening here? Like not all of them are out. Like. <laughs> And I'm like, is this, am I seeing things? And then you like go to blow them out again. And then it's like, wait, they're not going out. And it's like, oh shit. Um, and not knowing that the candles I had gotten were trick candles. So this is really bad. <laughs> like we're, you're blowing, like you're blowing, like you're in labor, like going. Trying to blow these you know, candles out, making a wish for your son and your birth and your, your all these things. And you're like, damn it, Carrie. Like, I can't, you, are you kidding with me, dude? Like what? And it's, I mean, it's funny. Like, it's really funny at the point, but I like, I really did not know. I was like, shit. Oh my, but it was also like- I'm all I, laughing so hard, but to laugh while you are having a contraction, is so painful. <laughs> so it was like a very joyful experience. And again, one of my last memories of my 34th birthday before I, you know, transferred over into the tub and gave birth just a few hours later. So <laughs> it ended up being hilarious. But of course, at first, like I didn't know that Carrie hadn't intentionally <laughs> and the trick candles so again it's one of those things where cool auntie c like of course brought like an epic cake 
these candles, which were trick candles and was like, make a wish, babe. <laughs> just created such a memory though. It, everyone's birth story is unique. And I feel so privileged for the birth story that I had because it was full of love. I was surrounded by people that I loved. There were hilarious moments like that. There were deep and meaningful moments, like all of the hours that followed in which you and my circle of support surrounded me while Shy danced through my, um, you know, pelvic bone and eventually was born. And, you know, a lot of champagne was involved, but that didn't stop the fact of how you showed up and the support that you had. It did affect how you showed up the next morning because you were a bit hungover in the early hours of Shia's life. 100% <laughs> still drunk, honestly, when Shy was born and I was filming it. I was so, I filmed the birth and I'm, I'm actually drunk. Like, but I'm still like stoked, let's go. Like maybe- got like an hour of like rest didn't sleep remember not sleeping um but remember just being like okay this is going to be happening and people you know popped off at different times and got rest and things like that um but I remember when it was go time I also remember being like Eliza it's okay like have a glass of champagne and you really want me to celebrate you're and like it is, thanks to you no like okay I was like great then we'll celebrate another time um and yeah I I just remember um like the beauty of when Chai was being born it was really beautiful it was yeah I mean I now feel more complete of art of a childbirth and experiencing labor and all that goes into it and again like I will um yeah, I never actually understand, but I am just, again, so in awe of you and um, all the moms that give birth in whatever way they decide to give birth. But yeah, I mean, you're um, with the home water birth and the doulas and just everything just being, you know, very consensual like everything was just very you know it wasn't like forced there was no pushing there like in in the way that some people like maybe experiencing like, it was really again kind of this like beautiful dance as you know you said before I mean painful like I could tell like very very do not think that this was not excruciating pain like I was in pain for you I think everybody was there's no way to like not catch that but you know you're one of the toughest cookies in the entire world and I just thought it was such a beautiful loving way and you know it shifted actually a lot of people's perspective too that were even in the room that were like is this safe is this okay and they're like this actually this is this is everything and you know I, I even myself I even thought like as somebody who's you know basically lived in hospitals for 20 years and even to myself, I finally thought like, actually, it was really lovely. I can 
um, she wanted to do this and why other people do too. And they don't have hospital births. Like it also shifted me a lot. And I love and appreciate that always. Not saying that if people walk that path, it's, it's again, every path that anyone chooses is beautiful. I just learned a lot, a lot of appreciation for being part of this one. And just knowing that this is a, a beautiful, safe option too for others out there um, that are wanting to bring somebody Earthside. So the the next you know few days too are, are pretty wild. Um, like being mom, I mean, definitely cried. Um, it was just incredible, you know, seeing you in this this new chapter and everything and this little man that at the time I was like who are you and now it's like so clear it's like you could never have been anybody else but shy and you know so, hi buddy hi yeah hi hi um and you know since then being able to share and create some cool experiences with them and doing some firsts um with them and continuing to like hopefully do more and more as he grows up you know we've we've so far we've gone to our first concert together we'll keep him musical if he wants to but I'll definitely be a stand for that and all the adventures he you took him on his first boat yeah his first boat we did a private catamaran and he he crushed it man he was like he was like crawl he was like he was doing the flip that's what he's yeah, doing. You, I was gonna say you were with him for like one of yeah. his very intentional rollovers. Like, you know, he had been doing it for a little while, like accidentally, but like you could see that he was like doing it for the first time. Yeah, he cr he crushed it. He really like, man, he's a water babe. He's like a beach babe, like his mom. So that was pretty cool. And then yeah, just like you know, everything else in between. So pretty. Pretty, pretty stoked for all the things to keep coming and also always so grateful to be a part of it as like, you know, it, it's also a lot too. Um, and sometimes it's immensely difficult for parents to include people at times and factor in all these things. And it really does mean the world to me too. Um, so it, because again, the reality is that when someone's journey includes infertility, there are many ways that they can protect themselves and show up in the world. And part of why I so, you know, wanted to savor and record and save this moment in time is because you are such a voice for how hard that journey is. And also, the, there are millions again of choices of how you can, um, you know, work with that, that life path, but for you to really have taken on this cool auntie lifestyle, as well as all of the other unique parts of your life path. And I would love to kind of finish with that, that choice that you've made to step in as the cool auntie and what that feels like for you, like the good and bad, um, you know, of that, that lifestyle and 
how you do show up for shy and for so many other little kiddos. So for me, it, it is actually, it's been quite difficult. Um, and I'm going to try to put this in an eloquent manner and I hope that it's received well, but it, it is really difficult because again, my lens and lived experience is the complete opposite of a parent or a mom. And for me, in the way that I don't think always about the things that you guys need to plan, pack, buffer in, like the million things like that, sometimes it's also not thought about the person that like can't have a kid, that can't do these things or will never be able to do these things. It's not just like, oh yeah, she just doesn't want to do this. It's like, actually, like there's a real reason or there's something deeper there. There's layers there. And I would love to have had, you know, some friends just have the conversation too and like not know how to have the conversation too. Cause those messy, real conversations need to happen. Um, versus just kind of like drifting off and going into like, Hey, I'm just really busy being a parent or being a, a mom or, you know, stepmom or whatever it is. And kind of just times that I kind of feel like left in the dust as somebody who like can't have kids. Um, so that does happen from time to time and my feelings get hurt. But then I also just tell myself like, it's okay because no one did anything wrong. Like I didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. It's just like, and it's just different seasons and different chapters. And like, that's okay too. And sometimes it's also, that is a, a grieving situation. I have also like kind of had to grieve that as well too. Um, and knowing like, you know, my friends and in, in their class, it like, you know, if you're like thinking like everyone's in the same class, it's like the other ones have just graduated to another level. Like I can't graduate to, and that's okay too, because I'm still stoked for them. And then a way that I really get to like shift into my best self is when I'm like, Oh, but I just got to be like the fun art. And that's great too. And I love that. And I get a cruise in and play and shower them with love and, you know, surprises and, you know, dress, give them all the clothes that I would want to put my kid in and all the toys I want to put my kid in. And you're also great with that. And like me being like, okay, but like, yes, yeah, so where this is, this is, this is, this and he needs to have every single musical toy as a kid. And like, you know, just all those things. And that's all great. And it's been kind of great having friends that have also allowed me to like express myself or maybe things that I would have done if I had had a kid. And I do have some other friends that have been really lovely with that as well too. So it's been great. Um, I think also there has been a lear learning curve for myself too. And that like, I've just been in awe of watching everybody that has a kid and just being like, I don't know actually if I am the right person for this. Like if I really truly think about it and the way that I have in living my life and the way that potentially I want to continue it, it's like, I wouldn't be maybe 
the right fit to be a mama bear in this moment. And just having to own that too. So there's some days that that happens and I, I really sit with it. And then there's also weeks like last week, all I wanted to do was have a kid. That's all I wanted to do. Went into like every single little store and was picking up tiny baby clothing. Do you know how cute baby things are? It's adorable. It's the cutest. It's the cutest stuff. Um, and then I also get really stoked on being a mom and I don't really let the other stuff hold me back. And like, hey, those things are there too. But I've kind of overcome a lot of adversity already. So maybe I could do this too. And in the meantime, being an aunt, again, it's one of my favorite things. It's like a badge that I wear with Otter that people like call me in or select me or like allow me to be a part of like their kids' lives. Like that makes me so happy. It makes me feel so full. It's like, I get to be a part of your family. That's everything I've ever wanted. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. It's been something that's really filled, filled my cup up and I can't imagine my life not being this kind of like aunt. And yes, it does have definitely perks of me being able to like come shower people with things or candy or treats and then be like, oh my God, okay, bye. Okay, bye mom, bye guys. And then you guys being like, oh man, they're really wired on candy now. Or they're really like, this is, this is a whole thing. Or like, why the hell did you buy me, us this present? Like what, what's happening here? It's like, okay, great, love you, bye. And for right now and in, in my season of life, it, it, it's, it's been good. So taking it one day at a time, I think really important too, when you're dealing with infertility and knowing that you can grieve something and accept it. And then it's okay to also maybe get really excited again on the possibility of something else. And that's kind of where I am right now in my season of life is I know that this year I would not be able to be a, a proper mom, but honestly, the more that I've been around Shy and you and my nephews and stuff this past year, I've been really, really getting baby fever. So it feels good. It feels nice. I love it. So that's just where I am and being the cool aunt or whatever my title is, is epic. And I can't wait to continue to take Shy to every single one of his fish concerts until he decides that he either loves them or hates them. Like most people, there is no in between <laughs> um, and continue to dress him in all these little rat outfits and yeah, just like cruise around the States and do fabulous things together. So I love that as long as, you know, you co-sign on whatever decisions I think are okay at the time. <laughs> then we'll keep doing the damn thing together, sister. That's all there is. I love it. I am so deeply grateful that this week we got to capture this moment in time of all of those places you're at, right? The journey of, I can't be a mom. Well, there are ways I could be a mom. I'm going to choose not to some days. I really want to the one day at a time facing what is like that's parenthood and that's infertility. 
we are both, bless you, you are blessed. We are both experiencing our own variances of the same life. And to be able to pause and witness the humanity of the people around you and say, I can't be in your lived experience but I witness how hard it is and how beautiful it is simultaneously. And if you can witness me in mine, I want to also be able to witness you in yours, which does look like us sometimes being caught in the chaos of whatever our lived experience is. And then going, whoa, there's this other person that I really care about that I need to check in with and see if they need anything, if they need to talk. And that's, that's like humanity. It doesn't matter what your path is, whether you're facing something incredibly challenging in this season, or if you have in the past. So the way that you're neurally wired is still in some type of survival mode, or if you're in the midst of like the most thriving season of your life. So you're off on an Island somewhere or like at a bunch of festivals and just not tuned in. Like it is important to think, wow, my lived experience is the only one I can have. And how can I honor all of the people around me that have a very different one and check in with them as often as my capacity allows and go like, what do you need for this? Or how are you really? And I'm very grateful that our friendship genuinely allows that. And, you know, my prayer is that this conversation can inspire other people, whether they are, uh, someone who is a parent who has a friend who is experiencing infertility and has that path and journey while they are having the path and journey of parenthood simultaneously or vice versa. If it is someone listening who has infertility and wants to find their own way in the world and wants to be validated in knowing like, I can actually ask for my needs to be met in this situation too. It's not selfish for the baby and me to be cared about. It's not selfish for the mother and me to both take time out and go, whoa, what you are living through is freaking impossible. And I may not have advice for you, but I bow to you. So we're on the same where it's the same lived experience with a different journey and with a different vantage point. And that's something that, that our friendship always reminds me, you know, like we live differently and make very different choices and the, our, the heart of the matter and the heart of our humanity is the same. And so we can always witness each other in that. And, um, you know, here's to making that the norm and not the, uh, you know, rare experience, but I'm very grateful that for us, it is the norm and for this friendship and for your choice in being Auntie C, because I, again, know that there are parts of your journey where choice wasn't present, including, you know, having to accept infertility in order for your own health to thrive again, which again, I'm so grateful you made that choice the, that you were able, that you are now here with us and able to be thriving and to watch you living life fully in this path and this experience. But 
it can absolutely be a choice for someone who is experiencing infertility to not be the cool auntie right now, right? You've got to find your own truth and what is going to feel the best for you. So um, I hope your authenticity and grief and um, process will inspire others to find their own way and will totally inspire Shy someday of hearing this, um, this version of you. And who knows what the future will hold. We really aren't guaranteed anything because uh, there was a time in my life that I was certain that we would both be child-free uh, for life and really traveling the world and doing the dang thing. And it's really cool now that I'm certain that we have trips and adventures in our future where Cheyenne gets to see the world with his auntie C by his side. And that excites me too. Yeah, man, I'm definitely pretty stoked to take him back down to Key West. Oh yeah, the place the mama was conceived. Yeah, it's, oh, the, yeah. it's the full, you know? So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of um, pretty cool adventures for this kiddo. And yeah, I'm grateful for it all too, man. Just really, really grateful. Love you a lot. Yeah, I love you so much too. And I'm um, closing this out when I'm getting the vantage point of these people that have witnessed and loved on Shy from uh, this from his whole journey of this moment, the first time you met him, and what in this current time your thoughts are on who he is as a very big little human. Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. Okay, so I think that he's such a curious um, and he's so smart already. He's so smart. He's so adventurous. He's curious. Um, I think he's pretty musical too. Like I think that he keeps, like Yuri even said it before, he's trying to make music. He loves playing or creating sounds and things like that. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be, uh, a little bit of, he's kind of, I think he's gonna be a mini you really. I really, really do. I think he's just going to be so loving and curious and a friend to all. And yeah, hopefully he has your pipes. Hopefully he also, <laughs> hopefully he also, if I can have any say in it, picks up an instrument and brings that along too. But Honestly, Shy, you just have such a sweet soul. You're just such a cool dude. You keep me on my toes. Um, you've taught me how to just like roll with the punches with kids. Um, as somebody who is so nervous to hold just any kid in general, anxious, you've really helped me um, just become more calm because you have just like a calm manner to you. And also loving like when you are really loud and you have a lot to say and always just telling you like, yeah, like, please tell, tell me more, tell me more and share your big feelings. I love that. When you have big feelings, I'm always like, tell me more, like never trying to silence you just to always like, like we're having a conversation. Like you and I talk, like we're just shooting the shit. It's just that. <laughs> so, oh man. My people can't see this conversation that we're having right now. And I probably can't release it because it would be very PG 13 with how much nipple is in the, uh, the footage, but shy just laid here staring at 
Carrie as she shared that. So someday he'll be re-listening to it, but I feel he very much heard this the first time around, which is such a gift too. You're such a gift to our lives. We love you so much. Um, I totally thought this was going to be a one hour conversation, but here, like we had so much to say and you have so much to say. And I'm so glad that we were able to, to capture it all. Um, it's juicy. It's delicious. It's just such a small sliver of the journey of your life, the journey of Shai's becoming and exactly all of the special and sacred little moments we've been able to share so far. So we love you endlessly. Thank you for sharing your heart, for sharing um, your unique journey. Again, you inspire me every day. And, uh, you know, someday I know when Shai fully grasps and understands how amazing you are, uh, you're going to be at the top of his inspiration list too. Thanks guys. I love you guys so much. Life would not be the same without you guys. I couldn't do life without you guys. Thank you for including me in all the parts, big, small, messy, beautiful, every single thing. Again, so much gratitude. I bow to you guys every single day. So thank you for inspiring me. And with that, I guess we will say, and so it is. Well, I am going to keep this short but sweet because I have just about every noise and distraction in the world keeping me from this. I just wanted to humbly bow again to Carrie for this conversation and offer up deep gratitude that I have sisterhood in which um, we can come together even though we are not all the same and see and witness each other in our journeys as incredibly valid and necessary. I know I couldn't do this life without her. And someday, Cheyenne, when you re-listen to this, I hope you know just how cool your Auntie C is by hearing this part of her journey. And maybe you're someone who knows Carrie in some ways, but haven't heard the inside look at her life in this way before. And let this be an invitation that we all have so many people in our lives that maybe we could know deeper, that we could resonate with their stories and journeys and if nothing else gets so inspired by it so you know reach out to a friend and tell them you love them today carrie i'm coming for you with a text after i send this and uh until next time i hope that you got what you needed and left the rest behind